Hey everyone, Shad here, and you're getting ready to listen to Snakebite Podcast number 18. This pod is brought to you by the guys over at digbmx.com. Uh, if you're a regular listener to this show, or if you've been riding for a long time, you're probably really familiar with the guys over at Dig. Uh, they've been holding it down, bringing everybody original content since about the early 90s. But if you're a new listener to the pod and you're not familiar with them, head over to their website, check them out. I think, I think you'll be really psyched. Uh, recently, I got to sit down with Brad Sims. He's been spending some time up here in Portland. Um, Brad's, you know, when you look at Brad, he's, he, he's kind of one of those dudes that's really known for his pop, like, you know, how high he can bunny hop. And I think recently in the last few years, just kind of his world travels and you just see him riding in all these crazy exotic places. But there's still so much more to Brad. And it, it was awesome sitting down with him. He, he's such an awesome dude. So sit back and listen. And here we go. Yeah, so we're here in my apartment. Um, you're in Portland. You've been here for a while. I think probably a lot of people even, it, it seems kind of, you know, I'm sure some people out there are thinking, you know, you're in some other country right now, but you've been in Portland now for what, like a month or two? A month? No, maybe closer to three months. Has it been that long? Yeah, because I flew back from Tajikistan to here. And it was in, I think it was like late June. All right, so you've been you've been here in Portland now for like about three months. Yeah, three and a half, maybe maybe four. Yeah. So, yeah. How are you liking the city so far? Uh, I like Portland. Just I have my my likes and dislikes. You know, I wish it was a little more multicultural, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you can't you can't you know get have it all. Yeah. But as far as BMX BMX goes, I think it's. Being here in the summertime is one of the best places you could be. Yeah, definitely. What, what's it, like 40 parks within... There's like literally like I think we figured out one day if like with a half hour Portland you can hit like 20 skate parks. I mean they're not all amazing but a lot of them, you know, even... I mean we're spoiled up here. Some of them that I, I'll be like, eh, I don't really want to go there. Yeah. If you dropped it off in another city people would be really excited, you know. So you, yeah, you all are definitely spoiled in terms of like, <laughs> great skate parks. Yeah. I mean, there's, you said there's over 20? Within half hour of Portland. So. I don't remember riding 20 skate parks within uh, 10 hours of my house. Oh, yeah. and I mean, it definitely was like that back <laughs> in the day. It, they just, I think since all the park builders, you know, are from here. Yeah. It just, they, you know, the cities and stuff just, they just keep popping them out. Sometimes the smallest city here has like the most epic or crazy skate park. Yeah. But, yeah. Like in Newburgh. Yeah. Tiny little town, big skate park. Yeah, yeah, that park's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, you can go to even smaller towns. There's towns like that don't even have a thousand people that have a skate park. Holly Farm Park. Yeah, that one's good. Yeah, that park. That's a one man park. Looks like a little ear. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It looks like an it ear. It, it looks like if you laid an ear on its side. Yeah. So, but that yeah, that park's fun. But yeah, the the city here in the summer. I mean. I mean, I definitely am biased because I've lived here, but, you know, I, I think you can do pretty much whatever you want, like, there's good food, you know, the weather's pretty much, I think, perfect for summertime. Yeah, I agree, I'm, I'm right there with you. There's no humidity, so, I mean, coming from, you know, you grew up in Maryland, right? Yeah. And there's mad humidity out there. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely probably definitely different than that, but it's, it's a good city, so definitely it's more enjoyable to be over here in the summertime than it is back on the East Coast. The East Coast is way too humid. I mean, you adapt to it, but yeah. out here, uh, there's more to do in, in terms of uh, being outdoors. Yeah. Oh, if, definitely. If you're, yeah. If you're an outdoorsy person. I mean, you can. There's something. There's, there's, you know, there's mountains, there's waterfalls, there's craters, there's everything you can imagine within like an hour or two. Oh yeah. Yeah. The oceans, like just a little over an hour, you can be the mountains in an hour. You can be the desert in an hour. But yeah, like there's craters. There's like. There's a bazillion waterfalls. Yeah. You want to go jump off, you know, some cliffs into some waterfalls. This is the spot to do it. So, um, but yeah, kind of like, so you grew up right in Maryland. I know when I saw you kind of coming up, I always thought you were like Baltimore area, but you're, you're actually from, I'm from Southern Maryland, Waldorf. Okay. Which is, is about 45 minutes from Baltimore. Okay. But people, people generally associate me with New York City. I'm yeah, not from New York City. I, I spent a lot of time there, and that's where I tell anyone that's where I really developed my street style. Yeah, what, what when when you were growing up? So you were like forty five minutes from Baltimore. Did you like go out to? Uh, I'm, I'm having a, a brain blank on. Uh, what's that? What's that park? Lansdowne. Yeah, yeah. Where you know Mike Forney always did you did you used to ride that when you were younger? I rode Lansdowne one time. And I think I was fourteen. Yeah, and I thought it was like the most intimidating place ever. I mean, it kind of is in a weird way. Like if you see what people have done. I mean, yeah. it, it's definitely a weird, unique old park. I was yeah, I was like fourteen, and I had very little experience riding skate parks. Yeah, or ramps and stuff. So I was just racing and riding trails. Yeah. So going there, I looked at you know I saw a bunch of these huge rollers and gaps and these old snake runs. I was just I was just cruising around, but I didn't really know. Were there people there riding? Because I know that place was kind of weird back then, like, you know, like, in the 90s and stuff. Just the people that I went there with. Okay. Yeah, the people that took me there, I went there with, let me see, my friend Randy, Randy Coffrin, John Saunders, runs, um... Yeah, I know who Can you dig it? Yep, yep, yep. John, um, it's got Chris Wells, who works at a bike shop, and maybe some other guys. Yeah. It was just a big road trip. We went all through Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and I, I rode Posh and got to meet Joe Rich and... Uh, what's his name? Jay Lonergan. Jay oh, Lone. yep, yep. Lone. That was like my first road trip with some. Like, and you were you said you were, you were just racing and riding trails at the time. Mm-hmm. I was fourteen. What year was that? When I was fourteen. Um, what was I, that early? Uh, I want to say two. It, no, no, no. Two thousand. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How did you? Because I think a lot of people when you. You know, I think a lot of people when they look at you and look at what they see you riding most is mainly street. You know. Coming up, you really were more. You rode trails and you rode transition a lot, didn't you? Yeah, that's uh, that's what I rode ninety percent of the time. Yeah. What did you start riding as a racer, or yeah. how did you kind of get into riding? I got into riding with my uncle. Oh, your, did your your uncle rode? Uncle, yeah, Martin. He was a pro racer. Oh, nice, nice. He started off. He got my. He came up to the house one day. Kind of funny story. Yeah. And I saw him. On the bike, he pulled out a, he had a Dino NSX. Okay. And I looked at it. He got on, just kind of pedaled around, and just jumped a few curbs. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he, like, it's my new thing, man. I'm, I'm riding bikes. And um, I was like, let me try it. So I got on his bike, and I did a little bunny hop. I could instantly do bunny hops. It wasn't, yeah. That wasn't a, wasn't a problem for me. I just 
did like that was definitely like, a problem for me when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like and I did like a little two or three inch hop and I jumped the curb and I went back. I went to practice that day. And what type of practice? Football. Went okay. To, I went to football practice and it was never the same after that. I just I, I was there running. You know, I was I was a player that never left the field. I was middle. I was a um, linebacker. Yeah. And a running back. Yeah. So when the offense was off the team, you know, defense going and but. I was that guy that stayed on the on the field all yeah. the time, and I think I went to like four more practices. Shortly after that, I quit riding and started riding bikes. What was your first bike? A Mongoose Racer X. Oh, nice, 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 yeah. nice. So then you just started going to track with your uncle and yeah. So I got on the track. I asked my my mother if she can get me a bike. We went to we went to Bike Doctor. I remember that name, Bike. Yeah, I, I used to. I was that was my first sponsor. Are they still around? Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. So you got a bike from Bike Doctor and sort of just what? What did you did you end up getting to expert and stuff racing? Yeah, um, the first my first year I turned expert. Okay. So I won. I think you had to win like twenty races. Yeah. How? What? How, were you? How old were you then? Uh, at that time, I think I turned expert. I don't know, same year, no second. Year. Yeah, it was. It was going towards the end of the year, so the following okay. year I turned. It was. Uh, I was 13. 13? I raced from 11 to 14. Okay. So I was 14. And then you just started trying to hit the trails and stuff a little more? Did, did you meet John Saunders racing and stuff? I met, yeah, I met John racing. That's um, it. No, I started, we started riding, I was riding like little dirt jumps. Yeah. Before I even started racing. Okay. But I didn't go down to the track until about two, maybe Three? No, 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 not, not that, not that soon. Maybe like two months in. Okay. Because by the time I could already jump. Yeah, yeah. And do things, and my uncle had been. He had already had four or five uh, wins under his belt. He was yeah. racing uh, seventeen over. Was it? I think seventeen over. Expert or something. Expert, seventeen over twenty nine or something. Yeah. No, it's eighteen over. I don't. I don't he was racing. Yeah, he was racing older class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's how it started. Nice, and so. That kind of, the guys you were saying you went to the trails with, that was kind of your first little crew of dudes that you kind of, you know, went out and explored, explored more of what BMX could give you then? Not right at first. Okay. Because I was still that young kid. Yeah. And the only person I really got to ride with was my uncle when he came down, or when I went down to my grandmother's on the weekend. Okay. So I rode with him and this other guy, Robert. Okay. So Robert, he, he's the one that got my uncle into riding. So it's just, it's kind of strange because without Robert, Mark would have never started riding. Without Mark, I would have never started riding. Yeah. And what pulled you kind of away from, you know, if you were racing and stuff? I know a lot of people in their race, you know, they get to about 16. And a lot of my friends are just like, especially the way racing is kind of nowadays, you got to start hitting the weights. <laughs> you know, and if you ain't hitting the weights, you're going to get roasted. And then a lot of dudes just start riding trails and street. What kind of pulled you out of the race scene? The whole competitive side. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm a competitive person, but yeah, it was just too competitive for me in a way. Not that's too competitive. I was sick of getting sick of people crashing me. Yeah. Like I would be in first, I would be in first place, come out of turn and just the slowest person in the pack would cut underneath and run directly into me. I'm like, okay, now I have a busted knee and elbow and I can't go ride trails later because you ran into me, you, you know, if you're not fast enough, stay in the back of the pack. Yeah, I mean, there's always those squirrely dudes out there. I, I def, I've never raced, but one, there was one time 
I went to a Governor's Cup, and I took a. Uh, you, you know, you remember Ian Monroe, right? Yeah. I took his number plate and put it on my bike, and got up there on the gate. And you know, dudes were running practice. I'm like, yo, I just want to go around this track a few times. And I'm up there with like a mag on the front of my bike. You know, I got a 48 on the back. Like I had a bash guard on my bike. And we take off. And in my head, I'm serious racing right then. You know, these dudes are just getting their gate starts, working on their pump. And the way the track was set up, there was like a step up, and it kind of was like this big downhill to like this. 20 foot long tabletop and then like this big berm and i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna get these guys <laughs> and you know i jumped the jump and i'm like in the middle of the, the pack and i'm like i'm gonna swoop all these fools and i go try to take it low and my mag flexes out and i took out like four dudes <laughs> you know and it was supposed to be just chill practice and then people realized i wasn't even in the race you know like i snuck on the track and it didn't turn out good i had like all these like buff racer dudes like screaming at me and like so i mean i i've been the dude that took out everybody before so <laughs> but yeah so so you just kind of were just you know sick of that and riding trails some and yeah i was over the whole competitive side i i enjoyed the freedom that came with like freestyle you know that's what freestyle yeah definitely from. i mean that's so i could go out and ride my bike the same way i another reason why i pulled away from you know, team sports you know i enjoyed the freedom yeah, and I wasn't. I didn't get punished for something uh, another player did. Yeah, like if if uh, the person in front of the pack was racing, he fell down. You know, he'd knock everyone else down. Yeah, if I go fall down a set of stairs, that's on me. Yeah, yeah. Not because of the filmer or whomever. Yeah. No, I. I mean, I agree with you completely. Like I, that's what pulled me away from team sports. You know, and you know, I think part of it partially was I just didn't really have any friends. I really connected with because I I played basketball. You know, when I was younger, my dad always pushed that on me. But yeah. when I get on my bike, it was just like, like it was like I felt like I had tunnel vision when I was doing everything else. And when I got my bike, it's just like everything just opened up. You know, I'd look at everything as an obstacle. Saw the bigger picture. Yeah, I could go anywhere. I felt you know at that time you you know in your in your town, I'm like I can go anywhere on my bike. I can practice whatever I want. You know, I mean. Yeah, it was like the no perfect like, little tool. No one's going to say anything to you. You know, you can learn what you want at the at your very own pace. Yeah. No one, no one there forcing you to learn how to do anything. It if just, you just want to ride in a straight line one day and go ride a few hills, you can do that. Yeah. If you want to go learn 10 tricks, you can do yeah. that. Too. No, and I'm, yeah, I mean, that's definitely what pulled me to it. So, um, well, yeah, cool. So you're just like riding streets, kind of. I'm not riding trails. You're riding trails and and stuff like that. So you get 16, and you said you guys went on that trip. Was that kind of no 14? 14. You went on that trip. Was that trip kind of an eye opener for you? To kind of see like where BMX. You know, like you run into new dudes. You know, when you meet Joe Rich. I mean, 2000. I mean, Joe's still the man, but 2000. I mean, Joe. that was like the dude. You know, like yeah, Joe Joe, Con- Joe was definitely iconic. Yeah, you know, figure for not for me. He was also. I was probably my favorite rider. So I met Joe, I met Christopher, Jalarnigan, uh, um, Sandy Carson. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Mel Cody. I yeah, met yeah, yeah. all those dudes in that yeah. house, and I was I was the, the, by far the youngest rider there. I'm just hanging out, and I mean, they're all partying around. They're grown men. Yeah. You know? And I was, you know, I, they took me down to, remember Nam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rode there, rode posh. You got you jumped pretty much everything back then. Not every section, but um, 
More than half. Nice. Stuff, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember, it's got to be weird, because like, when I came up, there there was kind of trails, but I, I remember when I moved out of my town, and I went to this these jumps, I was like, yo, there's landings? Because we were just hitting pop-out <laughs> jumps. Like, I could air quarter pipes and stuff, and you know, I was like, oh, I can jump, I, I can get down, and we got this jump, and I'm like, yo, there's like a hole in between this. There's a hole in between, and a backside, and another lift. Yeah, yeah like, it tripped me out, like, I was just like... Like, it doesn't stop going. Yeah, like, I was confused. Like it, it took a long time for me to kind of figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine going those jumps back then. I mean, those things were gnarly back then, you yeah. know? I mean, what's the name? Uh, I think Dave King started. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny I remember all those guys' names. Really? Most of those dudes are yeah. still I know they're still around, and, I, yeah. I, and, I, and I, I follow them. Dave King with uh, Trey Lamp and all them. Yeah. I, I even rode uh, Dresselbrook. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got to ride the remnants of Push. Oh, did you? Yep. What was um, still there when you got to ride there? Just like two small sections. I don't remember the names. Yeah. Two small sections. Um, there were Empire Trails. I rode trails. The Empire were the super big ones, weren't they? Those. They were in. They were in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite set of trails, and that's where. I'm pretty sure that's where I met Chris Doyle the first time. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, I, I know which. I know, I, I remember the. I swear that's the one. I could be wrong. Somebody might correct me in the comments or something, but where they were just like ghost riding bikes and where they landed, they were like building the landings for those jumps. That may be because I, I, I think I remember seeing people do that in Expendable Youth. Yeah. Some video. Or maybe, maybe, maybe not Expendable Youth, uh, like an old props. Yeah. I feel like that was the Empire Trails, but I, like I said, I could be wrong. So somebody can correct me. Empire Trails were definitely in Expendable. Same with. Um, pushing yeah the other ones yeah. when so when did you like and we, I think we brought this up earlier and, you know most people really didn't know you are from Maryland you know most people I think identified you with being from New York and stuff when was the first time you started going to the city and riding who were the kind of guys you were hooking up with then I first started going to New York City when I met Jimmy Mack yeah, mm-hmm. I, Mark, my uncle uh, was just like the ultimate talent. Okay, you know he learned everything very quickly. He, like just, he was a badass racer. Just and, and, and everything. Okay, he was just he was that guy, just super talented. And Jimmy, he was kind of busted on the scene, and I saw a picture of him on the cover of Black Enterprise magazine. Okay, and it's like this new entrepreneur. Jumps into BMX, and he's he's out. He was scouting around. He saw my uncle, so he picked up my uncle. Yeah, because you know, Bulldog, well, yeah. for Bulldog, right? Mm-hmm. And Bulldog had a pretty good race team for a while, didn't they? Yeah, so yeah. He picked up my uncle, and Mark told him about me, and one thing led to another, and we were on, we were on. I remember he bought us tickets, and we were on a bus up to New York City. So I met him. And this, I still wasn't riding street yet. Yeah, I was still only I was still riding trails. Yeah, yeah. We went up there to film a, like a music video in the woods with some guys called um, the Dwellers. Okay. But the video, like their budget, fell through and they didn't. Um, like I don't, I don't know what happened to it with their career. Yeah. But that was like really that was my first time meeting Jimmy. All yeah. That happened. He seemed like a character. I I saw him once. I, I think he was down at Roots once. Remember they were just handing out Bulldog Source magazine. Slash. I, was, I was down there. Okay, yeah, you were mm-hmm. you were at that one. I just remember they did they have a Bulldog rig too. 
Yeah, we had a huge like big SUV or a big suburban. Okay, and then I just remember I got I still have a stack of them like these like bulldog source. You still have them? Oh, dude, yeah, I got a grip, <laughs> dude. I still have a grip in my sticker box. But yeah, that's where I, I met Jimmy, and I was like, he definitely was an over the top pers- personality and everything, you know? Yeah. How did? I mean, I think a lot of people are probably wondering what. Did he ride BMX or what brought him into BMX? Was he just an entrepreneur and just looked at it as an opportunity or what? Like he rode BMX when he, uh, I guess, sometime in the eighties. Okay. And he's also like really into cycling. Okay. So he had like a bit of a BMX background, but he he w- took it further. He went. He was more of a more. He had more of a business mindset. Yeah. And you know he didn't really stick to BMX like he did, like he did with business. Yeah. Because he had the whole music thing going on. But he did race. I mean, I remember watching him uh, on the track quite a few times. How old was he back then? Back then, I want to say, I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy's probably around your age. Okay. So let's say 15 years ago. So he had to be... He was probably like mid-20s or something? I'm 41 now. 41? Yeah. I think Jimmy's older than you. Okay. So I I think he was my age now. Like in his early early thirties, early thirties, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you go up there and yeah, I went up there, picked us up, and then we did the whole music video thing. And yeah, we rode uh, Malali's. Oh and yeah, Malali. Never seen Malali that part before, and iconic. And, I, that, <clears throat> that place is iconic. Yeah, definitely. And I ran into that's when I the first street riders I met from New York City. Yeah, because they were Edwin Tyrone. Worms, and yeah, those and Rondell. Okay, Rondell's more a park buggy group. Those are those guys. I met those guys before anyone. And they were those dudes rode Malali a bunch. I think when they were younger. I don't know if they did or not, but that's why I met them because they were also in the video. Okay, they were they were on Bulldog for like for you know a short period of time. Yeah, and I met them and and Ed. I didn't I had had no idea I had any any idea about him. Yeah, I went to Malaysia. I saw him do a five forty on a on a bank, and I was like, "What the? What was that? Like he did? Like he just did a, a five forty on a bank, and no idea because street riding was very new to me. You hadn't really paid attention no, to it in the media or anything. Was, for okay. me, it was just dirt jumping, watching, you know, just all the trail dudes, all the trail guys. Yeah, and even like skate park parks weren't even really weren't um didn't I mean weren't really a part of my life either because they weren't around me. Yeah, you like, just had like Lansdowne, so, which is like a seventy style skate park. And it was an hour away. Yeah. I had no, I was fourteen and no way of getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what it was and like when I when I left after watching um Ed and Tyrone and those guys do some things on the street, you know, it kinda it changed my whole um perspective on what I could do on a bike. Were you riding a bulldog then? So riding a bulldog, yep. Okay, so you could definitely ride street on it. Yeah. Did you go and get pegs after that? No. No? no I didn't. Uh-uh. I put pegs on maybe a year after. Okay. And I kept, I kept breaking my chain. I kept breaking my chain on the grind on my, on the grind side. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't like this. And I, jumped, I jumped on, tried to jump on a flat rail one day, and I just kept falling off. This didn't really work for me. It was kind of weird. Yeah. And I saw Garrett Burns video part. From Criminal Mischief. Like, yeah. I was like, you know what? That might... I mean, not Garrett Burns. But, um, from Criminal Mischief. Garrett Burns props interview. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that part kind of put it in. I was like, you know, I could probably just do 
maybe maybe Peg maybe Pegasus is for me. Yeah. But then something just sparked in me and said, "Nah, keep the pegs on. I continue riding them." And you know, I got kind of used to them. So I think probably coming up on about like when the mega tour and stuff happened here soon, like when we first met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you were still. What, I think you were you were like seventeen then or something, weren't you? You were pretty young. I had just turned eighteen and went through a very like like a. I would say like a, an early like life lesson. What was that? Um, <clears throat> went to jail. Okay. Yeah. I mean, went to, um, got locked up for for something I didn't do, but I knew the person that did it, and I took the rap. Yeah. And were you still in Mar- you were still down in Maryland? Mm-hmm. I was still in, yeah still in Maryland. Yeah, yeah, I was still in Maryland, and got a phone call. People talking um, from. Uh, yeah, Jimmy is like, hey, they want you all to do, you know, props to make a tour. Yeah. Bob's going to be be your filmer. He's going to go down. He's like, I, I think we all agreed that Bob would, Bob, read on Bob to film us because everyone was comfortable with Bob. You know, he's yeah. you know, he a city boy. I wasn't a city boy, you know, but I knew there were other riders on the team. Yeah, yeah. And I was comfortable around them. So, you know, Bob was, Bob was a good fit for us. And we flew down there. That was my first flight. Here's a crazy thing. I had never been on a plane before. Okay. And I went to D.C. to see John Saunders. And I stayed the night. And I was like, man, what's it like flying? He's like, you ever been on a plane before? I'm like, nope. He's like, well, it's kind of like being on a bus. But you're in the air. And you sometimes, you you know, you might feel the turbulence. The bus kind of shakes. It's kind of like riding a bus into the wind. Yeah. So, all right. Well, got up in the morning. I called a taxi. Flew and uh, on the way to the airport. A sitting in the front seat of the car. I mean, on the passenger side. Yeah, talking with the driver, and a deer jumps over the barrier and smashes into my window. What? Busts out the the back. Also, yeah, the back passenger side window. Uh, it was blood so he up. just jumped right into the side of the car. Yeah, there was blood all over the side of it. Um, I I ducked down. I was like, oh my god, what the fuck. And, uh, <laughs> It scared the life out of me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we're just driving, you know. Were you on the highway? Yeah. So you were yeah. cooking pretty much. Yeah, probably going at least 70. Yeah. And he's driving, and I'm just sitting there, and I was like, deer. And he's like, he looked over, and the deer smashed the window, and I looked behind us, and there's just fur all up in the air. There's fur all in the back seat of the car. Did he get stuck to the car or anything? No, there's blood all down the side of it, and the deer, there's a, a doe just convulsing down down the highway. Yeah. And. He stopped when we got to the airport. He still he pulled over and he, he took, um, oh, he he deducted it from the from my fare and went on from there. But they say like you're more likely to die on the way to the airport than you are in, in the plane. In the plane, and that was like my that was my first flying experience. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that mega tour was pretty fun. I was with the the man made crew, so uh, you know I think a lot of people. I mean, hey, do you remember how do you remember how fucking cold it was that trip in Florida? Yeah, it was at night. It was like some crazy cold snap because I remember we were in Miami. It was like sixty degrees. I I just wanted to go swimming. I still went out in the ocean, but it was like so cold. <laughs> and like, you know, I don't think anybody brought warm enough clothes because even when we tried going north to get away from it, uh, it was just it was so cold on that trip. I just remember, which was just really weird, you know? Yeah. 
I do remember that. Because, I mean, I remember, because we were, we started off in Orlando. Yeah. And I remember just going out at night, wearing a hoodie and a beanie. I mean, it's Florida. It was my first time. Was it my first? I think I think it was my, no, it was my, might have been my, that was my second time. Okay. The first time I went down there was, you know that Merritt Island contest? Oh, I do, yeah. Yeah, I went there. Yeah, I think time. a few, two of my buddies went to, like, Bristol and Daniel Randall went down to that. And I think my buddy Twinfin went down to that one. So, I almost went to that contest. That seemed like a pretty epic contest back then. Oh, it was. You saw, like, Rob, I mean, Rob Nolly doing, like, nose pick the... Oh, dude. <laughs> On the sub box, he probably... Yeah. I, he might have done a nose to, you know, 540 bar. Something. <laughs> Who knows what he did. Yeah, yeah. That, he's still so dialed. I saw some footage of him. He's older than me, and he's still, like, dude... Everything on lock, like dialed as can be. Yeah, that dude is. That dude's a real legend, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah that that Florida trip. So how, how how that was kind of your first time like filming for anything, right? Because that was before the shook part and stuff, wasn't it? That was definitely before shook. I want to say that was two thousand four. Yeah. So that was, that was before shook. Way before shook. Yeah. Who was on that trip with you though on the on that mega tour? It's like you, Mike Brennan, um, Skinny, Skinny, Carson Tannis, so Marlon Europe, Mike Brennan. Oh, Marlon Europe, yeah, shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rondell Somerset, yeah. Because you guys, I remember, had a pretty good little crew on that trip. Yeah, I I want to say Isaac Barnes was on. There. Isaac was on the trip. Yeah, uh, yeah, Isaac Barnes. How the fuck did Isaac Bar? Here's the thing. Isaac lives in the middle of fucking nowhere in Canada. How did Jimmy assemble that? How did that dude get on bulldog bikes? That's all I (laughs) like. Jimmy, I don't know. I I don't know if someone you know, um, someone showed Jimmy. But he, Jimmy was Jimmy had had a great eye for for scouting out. Scouting. It just like you want to talk about the most random dude on that equation, and yeah, like you're like. He is up north, snow everywhere in Canada, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I remember he was on that trip. Him, uh, Oba Stanley. Yep. And I think that... That sounds about... Yeah, that was, that's about yeah. That was everyone. And you guys you guys had a pretty smooth trip on that one, didn't you? Yeah, man, we had, we had fun. We went to, you know, some of those you know, historical spots, like... Yeah. Um, the synagogue, white rails. See, we didn't get to those, but would you ride orange peels and stuff? Yeah, rode the orange, more, rode the orange peels. Um, that that's where I Megatour Four is where I did the first wall ride, like big, like pop out on the street o- over the sidewalk, right? Yeah, I remember that clip. Yeah, that's the very first time I did one, and also got like that was the first time I did that, and the first time I got like a double flat. What do you mean double flat? Like two flats at once. Oh, did you get double flat when you did that? I tried at night, and I didn't even know what I was doing. Like, what, I was like, I asked, like, Bob was like, is this even a thing? He's like, Bob didn't even know what it was. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy, but I don't really know what to, what, what to call it. I guess you just... So I was like, I, I tried it, and pulled over, the, pulled over the street, and nose case the front. Yeah. I mean, nose case the edge of the sidewalk with my front and back tire, and double flat. <laughs> so I was like, uh, now what? So we went the next day in like five, six tries. Um, I did it. No, I, I. That's one of the clips. And you know, like when you've seen so many damn videos, and especially like I, you know, I was filming on a lot of those trips. But I do remember that clip standing out because, you know, that was kind of a cool time for street riding because 
it was like in between like you know the 90s where everything was just pretty gnarly yeah and you know and now everything's just kind of different but you know it did go to a super tech mode and it was just kind of right there in the middle it was like i always feel like that street riding around 2005 to 2006 was like a pretty fun time with it you know but yeah i totally remember that clip you know that that's the trip that we all had to run from the from the police and everything. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I agree with you with um, what you said about that time for street because not only was it a time where people were you know doing big things and technical things, but it was a time where I felt like where riders were the most well rounded. I agree with you. Yeah, like dudes that still would get down on a ledge could get down on other things. You know, yeah. they'd go out and ice pick grind you know, a foot high tall ledge, then go and you know boost some trails. Yeah. And now it's not quite like that anymore. Yeah, it's it's we, and I mean, no, no, this is, this is it's it is a, a way, but it's like the, um, those riders are becoming more far in between. Yeah, it, no, it, they definitely are, and I mean, everybody. It seems like, and it's not everybody. You know, I don't want everybody to think like you know we're trying to point at certain things, but it definitely feels like the categories are being are a lot stricter nowadays you know like you meet a dude and he's like a tech street guy and you're like hey let's go cruise the skate park or something and it's just like they give you a look or you meet a trail dude you know nowadays some trail dudes you're like yo let's go ride street and they're just gonna look at you like they associate themselves with one thing yeah instead of just being like let's go have fun on our bike and just enjoy it and yeah i mean that time was just like this little perfect little bubble i think for a while to where you know, even dudes that you'd kind of look back and be like, no, he's a street dude. But then, no, he could kill it on everything, yeah. you know? I mean, look at Bob. I mean, Bob. <laughs> Bob Rob. Yeah, Bob Rob's everything. Yeah. That's also, that's what, that's what, that's the one thing that was, um, I found so inspiring by the, the riders from old school. Like, I, I what would you consider me? Mid, mid, mid school. Mid school. So, mid to even to now, like, when I saw Right, like when I saw what's his name, uh, Josh Harrington for the first time. Yeah, I went to the contest in at Mirrors Park, and in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay, hold on, was it no? Was it that one with the big box jump? Mm-hmm. That, was that? I don't know if that was. Is that Raleigh? It might have been. My buddy Daniel broke his leg there because they had that six. They had that enormous box jump, the one Mirror double flipped, right? <clears throat> yeah, is that the contest <clears throat> we're talking about? Yep, and I saw Josh Harrington for the first time. I think like, this guy rides everything. He can ride yeah. the street and ride park. I think Josh was sixteen. He, gnarly was, vert dude. Yeah, Josh was sixteen. Still one of my favorite riders. Oh, he's sick. Day. And you know he was doing everything. I met you know David Stroud. I met, yeah, yeah. I met David for the first time. He was riding like a Reynolds frame. Like, he was. We were like <laughs> the two young guys in there. Yeah, yeah. After Josh, I mean behind Josh, just doing tricks over the box. And I just I could I didn't have a clue how to ride a quarter pipe. Yeah. The only thing I rode was the box jump. Yeah. Was still, that was when I was still in my jumping phase. Yeah. And that box jump was big. I remember that was like a contest with like the first really big box yeah. jump. That's so. what I was saying. Billy Dexter was there. Oh, there. dude. That dude's crazy. I went, <laughs> yo, we were on a, he came up here on one of those road fools. He's so country, dude. He's awesome, man. Yeah. He just, he is wild and he just wanted to boost everything. Yeah, yeah he was, he was really good. Now I think about it, man, I got to ride with, I mean, 20 years, 20, this, this Friday, or this Sunday, this coming Sunday would be about 20, 21 years in BMX. Wow, yeah. yeah. It comes up on you fast. Yeah, I've got to see and 
see quite a bit. <laughs> it's cool when you look back. Like I've been riding like it's like about thirty years. Yeah. And you you know it's like once you get to a certain point with your riding, you can definitely like break it down in little segments of like this was this little era for me. This was this little era, and you can kind of pick the things that influenced you to push you into a different style or a, a different you know trajectory or wherever you went with BMX. You know. Yeah. Like I can always look back and be like, you know, there's just certain things that kind of pushed me a certain way with riding, you know, something that caught my eye and you can kind of look back with every little thing and, and realize what took you a certain way, you know, like I remember the first time I saw Brian Castillo's part in like S&M BMX Inferno, uh. you know, just him doing like, you know, he does a manual 180, you know, he's just riding fast, long ice grinds, you know, tooth bonks out of certain things and it was just that was like that new wave of street riding, you know, kind of a little different than like what the dirt bros, you know, dudes were doing yeah. handrails stuff, but it was like just fast and fluid. And I was just, is he, a, is he the first person to do Manny 180? Mm-hmm. So yeah, in that video, he does one. Yes, but uh, he does, yeah, he does feeble manual 180 in that video. So, which, I mean, that, that was 94, 95. Yeah. That's one, like one of the most like, Fundamental, yeah, soup. Like, and then I don't think anybody do. really did it again until Road Fools One when Taj started doing them. Yeah, because he had that clip where they're riding um, the the wedge, mm -hmm. and he comes up and does a manual one eighty. Oh, in, in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, and he does a few like that. But I mean, he had the good pop and every you, you know like it was, a, it was a proper one. It was yeah, yeah. Brian's Brian's is still sick. You know, I mean, just when you're the first dude to do something and you don't. You haven't seen it. You have no blueprint to work off. Yeah, of, you know. I mean it's it's crazy. So, um, so yeah, you you rode for Bulldog for a while. A um, little bit after that, kind of you know I think you know I knew who you were because I met you on that trip, but I don't think a lot of people would really, you know, I, I wasn't a household name. Yeah, the but then at that time, which I mean was another awesome thing, the Shook videos were were yeah, coming I, out. I, I went to yeah, the Shook videos were coming out. Well, it was Shine. Yeah, it was Shine. Shine. Was your sh was your part? No, I, was, I was in Shook. Okay. I I didn't really know much about Shine. I saw one video. Okay. That's when I saw it was, like, it was Shine. It was uh, Vic Ed, like that big that road trip they went on. I think Vinny may have been in there. Yeah. And Will Talbot and a bunch of people in that video. I think. And I saw that, and I think I don't know. I saw uh, quite a yeah. I saw uh, those videos. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, during that time, fuck, where we at? We were just talking about, we were going to get into that that Shook part you did. Oh, Shook. Uh, oh, you want to know how that came about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> we're on Rofuls. Not Rofuls, um, we're on Megator. Yeah. Prior to that trip, Marlon, Skinny, and I believe Oba went on there. No, no, not Oba, Ra. Oh, yeah, so, so. Ra, Ra, you remember? Yeah, I remember, Ra? remember that. Yeah. Ra, Ra was also on. He also was on um, the Mega Tour, right? Mega Tour. Yeah, yeah so one person else forget. So Ra was on there, and they told they told Chad about me. And I said, "Hey, man, can you can you put in the word like I, I want to go on a trip or you know see if he'd be down to have a video part with me?" Yeah, and they told Chad all about me, and that was like during the time when I was I was paying court fees, I was on. Supervised probation, yeah, and everything, and I was working in BMX. I felt like it was kind of stagnant for me for one time. I was like, man, I wish 
Something was going on. My bike was always a pile. Um, wasn't working. Wasn't doing anything. Just, just in and out of school. And my... Um, oh, I got a phone call. I received a phone call. Yeah. Um, from Shad. From Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Your name. His name. The two names. Chad, Shad. No, I get it. Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I received a phone call from Chad. We had like a 20 minute long conversation on there. And he's like, yeah, you know, when you come up, tell me to be a part. So I hopped on a bus. Were you going out to Ohio or yeah, what? Yeah, I took, yeah. I took a bus out to Ohio and got a phone call. And did it, you have to run that through like... You no, I didn't even say anything to my, proba- to my probation officer. You just officer. dipped. I just dipped out. And here's the scary thing. He called me while I was out there. Of course he did. Of course. <laughs> yes. Yo, Fool probably hadn't called you for like... Never ever called me. Never. Yo, they, of course he called... He just got a little feeling. <laughs> I, I'm, I was I'm 10 hours away from him. And he, he's, he calls me. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> just like, hey, be quiet. Like, this is my, this is my, this is my probation officer. Yeah, yeah. And I get on the phone with him. And he's like, "Hey, Brad, how you doing?" I'm like, oh, you know, I mean, I'm doing well. Um, what's going on? He goes, "I'm oh, just checking, see what you're doing." I said, "Oh, yeah, I'm alright. Just you know, riding my bike around." And he goes, "Where are you?" And he goes, "Oh, just you know, around the way, riding my bike." Okay. He goes, "Do I, do you need me for something?" He goes, "No." I don't need you for anything. I just need to know where you're at at all times. It doesn't matter if I, you know, want to talk to you or not, or I need to know where you are. You're, you know, you're my business right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I was okay. And Chad and Tony Nair were on the side, just looking at me like, like, with, with the biggest eyes ever. Like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. And he got the phone and Chad was like, man. I was so scared. I was ready to put you on the bus and send you right back home. <laughs> I was like, I was scared. It scared. It scared. Oh the, fuck the yes! Like if that, if he was like, "Hey, yo, I'm gonna swing by your house here in like an hour just to check how things are going," you would have just that. That my life might have been completely different. Yeah, not even, not even. It might have. It would have been completely different. Because you'd have probably had to go back in for a while. I would have had to. Yeah, I would have violated probation. Yeah, and who knows? I might not ever have gotten that chance to film a video part. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, yeah, you're, you're out in Ohio. We're, we're, they were in, what, Cincinnati? Cincinnati, yeah. S- Dude, street in Cincinnati is good. There, there's, there's so Cincinnati, much stuff Cincinnati out there. Cincinnati is so underrated. Yeah. That was definitely one of the best cities I've ever ridden Dude, before. when we when I've been there, like, it's nuts. Like, not trying to blow their city out, you know, for the homies there listen to yeah. <laughs> But, damn, that city's got some stuff to ride. Um, yeah, so you go out there, and how was it filming with Chad and everything on, on that? It was nothing like I had really ever experienced, because it was, we, I didn't have much time. Yeah, how, how long did it take you to film I, that I, part? I had five days. Yeah, that isn't so, much time. It wasn't much, and I got out there and woke up one morning, and he said, I think it was the, it wasn't the first day, the first day we went out, I didn't, did a little, did a little something, didn't do, yeah. didn't do much. And you know, it was getting down to crunch time. And actually, I believe it was the very last day of the, of filming. And he said, "You need eighteen clips, about eighteen clips to finish off the video part." And we, and you know, like a normal day filming, if you got two, three clips, if you get three, if you get above three, you're like, you know, but you're patting yourself on the back. You're yeah. like, I did good. And he said, he said eighteen clips to me. Like, eighteen clips, like. Who says that? And how am I going to film eighteen clips today? But this was during a time like we were on a mission. Yeah, yeah. Was, you were focused. We were in, the, we were in the in the van, 
out back and forth. And Tony's with me the whole entire day. He didn't didn't leave didn't leave my side one day. He Tony watched. Tony saw every single clip. And, t- and Tony's probably riding with you the whole time Tony's too. Riding. He was and riding. He, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a beast, so, you know, he, you're probably having good... It's good having somebody there to push you, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, oh, yeah that was my first time meeting Tony. Yeah. And so we, we got out of the car around midday. This is a late start. Yeah. To film oh, 18, 18 hell yeah. Clips. You should be out, like, by 8.30. <laughs> yeah. Sun up, all right, you know, out the house by 8.30, whatever. And so, yeah, so it was midday. We go to the first spot. I, didn't, I was kind of lost. I didn't even know what to do. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I, I, I skipped two spots. <sighs> and after that, they just started coming one on one, one after another. You just found the right the right spot? Spot after spot. Like, Tony would take to another spot. They had, had their ideas, and I just went in. Yeah. And, um, we finished just before, like, I filmed the last clip at, like, 11.30. At night? And that was 18 clips. Damn. Yeah, and then that part came out, and I just remember, you know, everybody kind of talked. I mean, those videos, everybody was excited for those videos because it was, the thing Chad did, it was, like, really good. He was, he was really good at that time of spotting new talent coming out, you know? Yeah. Because it was right before, I mean, that was, like, just right on the brink before, you know, everybody started posting stuff on YouTube, you know, and, like, the come up came out and started posting everything. I mean, that was just, like, right at the yeah. peak of the hill of, like, you still buying DVDs, you know, like you're just right there at the top of the hill, you know, and Shook's, Shook was right up there at top before everything rolled over into kind of how we, to a digital, how we pay attention to BMX right now, you know? Yeah. And what Chad did, he gave me the opportunity to, to do something and it, it changed my life forever. Oh yeah, definitely. You know? So any, I feel like any, any person that filmed a part with, filmed a part with Chad and, was in a shook DVD. Something happened with them. Oh, dude! Every time he, you knew there was like, you knew when those come out, you knew there was gonna be hype behind. You're like, one dude's gonna be dropping something that's gonna blow your mind in those videos. Yep. You know, and it, it, like literally everyone, like somebody would, you just be like, Whoa. you know, and it was always like new, fresh spots. If you had, if you had a part in shook, you, you were most likely one of the new guys that were going to put on. Yeah, you were definitely like the shook DVD, definitely set the like it, it kind of set the path for like what was going to go on from like 2005 to almost 2010 with some of the new riders the way you looked at street riding yeah. and the way videos were presented for a while you know it, i mean you know they weren't it wasn't here for a long time but it definitely did its thing well, it had, you know? it had a influence. i mean I, I still believe that chad's influence is still in bmx i look at some people's animations like their graphics, oh yeah like, you know, whoever influenced him, I don't know where he got his style from or like whatever, but you know, it's it still is here, and I'm I'm glad. I'm more than appreciative. I sent him a message. It's like I don't know two or three years ago. I, mean, I don't know what he's doing now. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I wish him nothing but the best. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I appreciate him giving me the opportunity to do something different. Because, yeah, and that, I mean that definitely. I feel like from about that point on. You know, you. I mean, wasn't too long after that. What did you go to Hoffman? Not. It was. It was a gap because he had some, he had some budget issues. Yeah. And I still didn't really have a, a banger for the video. Okay. So, um, we went on another road trip. Okay. So we went down to Atlanta. 
Okay. I filmed a few things down there. It wasn't not not that many clips. I went to Atlanta with Tennessee. Yeah. So I filmed think like two clips yeah maybe down there do you get your banger down there no like i filmed my banger to ice up that rail oh in yeah dc so real you know i was in dc closest and thing to home yeah when what i did i was in the house one day and i watched watched criminal mischief yeah and i got to van's part i saw van ice down a really long rail yeah and i was like okay everybody's seen um van ice down a really long rail I was like, I want to do something different. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be known as, hey, another guy that just iced down another long rail. Like, yeah. Okay, Van set the tone for, for like, for crazy street riding. Oh, like, definitely. Up to, like, to date back then. I mean, any and of Van's his, parts his, his could drop right now and you'd yeah. still be like, oh, shit, <laughs> you know? Easily, easily. And we went out one day. I was in, yeah, I was in D.C. And this guy, I mean, we, we saw, we walked, I mean, we pulled up to the Howard, Howard Rail. Okay. And I remember Brian Wismerski grinded up it, just a double peg up. Yeah. I got to the top, I was like, I'm iced on it. And I looked at the bottom of it, and I was like, I, uh, I remember Ruben grinded up a rail to 180. I felt like, I feel like Ruben was the first person to go up a rail to 180. Because do you remember the McNeil ad where he grinds up his square rail to 180? Vaguely, I do, yeah. I mean, it would have been him. I, I swear, it would have been him or Corey. But Ruben did so many early street moves that kind of I think get like looked over because so many people just think of him as like a sick, you know, transition rider. Yeah. That they kind of forget how sick of a street rider he was, even on rails and stuff. You know. Yeah, I want to say that he was the first to go up rails. No, I believe you. Yeah. And if not, it was close. Yeah. You know, toss up. Yeah, so we were at that spot, and I'm looking at the top, like, man, I need to do something different. Like, I'm comfortable grinding down a rail. Yeah. I'm, com- I'm comfortable just doing a double peg down this rail to 180 or something, over grind. Like, I need to do something different. I need to, I want I want to put out a part, and people see that, see, see something jaw-dropping. Yeah. Like, I'm comfortable doing this thing. Nobody, you don't become great by being comfortable. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I'm going to push myself. And I went down to the bottom of the rail. No one's like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. And I went to, rode down the path, sprinted back up, tried to ice up. And I oh, went like three quarters of the way up. And this kid, Eric, said, man, no way that's impossible. Like, you're going <laughs> to ice pick grind out the rail. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, man. It might be possible. Yeah. I tried it again. And I went about halfway up. Yeah. And How many stairs was that thing? 17. So... <laughs> It was on my seventh try. I iced up the rail, and everybody went crazy. Then did you eat uh, shit on it, or did you pretty much just no, I just drop the peg pretty much every time, like going up. Just you know, I think one time I stepped over the side of the rail. Yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. I iced up the rail, jumped to the top. Everybody went crazy. Yeah. Um, I was actually it started sprinkling. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like it was drizzling during like when I did it. Yeah. And I had to clip. I went back to the house. I was so, I was, I, don't know, I was so excited. I couldn't. I didn't know. I yeah. had words, you know. To, and I sent the clip to, to like four different people. I showed this guy Doug. I sent it to. I sent it to to Chad. Yeah. And like one other person. And they were like, "Is that real?" <laughs> oh <laughs> like, yeah, fully. Yeah, you know? yeah. And 
after that, I was it like maybe a month or two after the Chad put the video out. Yeah. Then maybe like two, three months down the road, I was a nominee for number one uh, street rider. No, number one video part of the year for Nora Cup. Yeah, yeah for Nora Cup. And like, this Nora Cup. I, I knew about Nora Cup. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. Just watched. I seen it in the magazine you know, growing up. And like now, I went from being a guy to just barely having any recognition sneak, in BMX and sneaking out of the state, <laughs> like, sneaking out of the state to being a nominee for number one video part of the year. Yeah. So I mean, that's how life changing that video was. Oh, video part was for me. Yeah, I mean that was one thing. So like when I was thinking about us talking, I'm like, God, we got to talk about that thing because I feel like that that part just hit so hard at that time, you know, and it definitely had you know everybody that was watching videos at that time were talking about it you know um and you were you were still riding on you were still on, still on bulldog okay, oh, yo let me ask you one thing so when you were on bulldog how much shit would homies give you for the square chain stays oh i always got all the time People did the, but did the bikes hold up okay yeah i think I, I, I think i cracked one frame but i rode for like three years yeah and I, and i was always jumping in some huge gap or tail whipping down something and okay yeah fine like the bike i mean every bike breaks i mean yeah, yeah eventually yeah. yeah oh yeah definitely and yeah but yeah people people always gave me give me shit about it yeah people i rode with you know? but i mean i was there i was the guy i was that i rode i i rode non-stop when it when it, when there was after school dances and stuff i didn't go to school to dance. yes i was out front of my middle school riding my bike when it was prom came around when prom came around, I was out riding my bike. I did the same thing. You know? and I was like, why are you riding this bike? And why are you riding the bike? I'm like, well, why are you working at Subway? Or why are you, not not that I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not playing them. So but, like, I enjoy doing what I love to do. You know, hanging out in this in this school is not something I enjoy doing. I want to go ride my bike. And I, and I had, you know, I didn't have anything else to do, anything I was interested in. Yeah. Apart from just riding and learning tricks. That's what I kept. I continued doing. I yeah. I always saw those things, and they reminded me of the old '70s Redline Squarebacks because they had this. And I was always kind of wondering. I'm like, I'm like, I wonder if Jimmy Mack rode like you know, if like he raced and you like know Auburn or something. You know, the Auburns had it too, but yeah, the Redline Squarebacks, the Auburns. I'm like, I wonder if he had a bike like that back in the day that he just sweated and he's like, yo, fuck it, we putting square chain stays on these things. Maybe it might have been something. Something he got that idea from somewhere. Oh, he had to have. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, he, he, do you ever talk to that dude? Is he still around? Yeah. Yeah. Talk to Jimmy. Yeah. Not as much as I'd like to, but uh, dude, he's a very insightful person. You know, always, you know, and he's he's, he's into many things. Yeah. Yeah. So, kind of after that video... Um, I got a phone call from Matt Hoffman. That's, that's I mean... A personal phone call. That's, that's a big deal. It was, because I was... I still wasn't... I was still knuckleheaded this time. Yeah, I was still doing stupid shit. So, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Matt called me, and uh, I was still I was cleaning my act up, but I was still doing, you know, stupid things. Is that just because like, you were still like in the in where you grew up, and yeah. you're still kicking it with dudes around were... there? Yeah, I was, I was still, you know, kind of jeopardizing my my freedom. Yeah, in a way, and uh, yeah, I got a phone call from him one day. And, I think during that time I had a job. Yeah. What were you doing for work? Working at this industrial marine company. Okay. Just hard, man. 
just we're, just working in coveralls all day. I was covered in soot, day in day out. I hated wearing, you know, goggles, hard hat. Yeah. And I think I was on my lunch break. And I got a phone call. And I was like, "Hey, Brad, this is Matt." Like, what? Matt who? It's Matt Hoffman. <laughs> I looked at my phone. Like, what? Matt Hoffman? Is this a joke? Yeah. He's like, hey, this is Matt Hoffman. I was like, uh, yeah, this is Brad Sims. Are you sure you got the right number? He goes, yeah, of course I got the right number. I know who you are. He goes, I just finished watching your Shook video part. Yeah. And we've been sitting here in the office talking about it for, you know, about an hour. And, you know, some people have been tossing your name around. And I would like to be part of my team. And he said one thing to me. And... It will. I think it'll probably be with me for the rest of my life because yeah. Matt's just a you know a pioneer and, a, and also another iconic figure. Yeah. BMX. He said, "You're my new hero." You know, I never seen anyone ride a bike like that before. Yeah. You know, and you know that, that stuck with me. And I was like, you know, if someone that iconic um, had, you know, said me said something like that to me. Yeah. You know, then I was like, you know what? I must be doing something right, and I'm as a, and I'm meant to be out here. Yeah. So, so that stuck with you since then. That stuck with me, and they put me on the team. And from there, I just they uh, they invited me out to invited me down to uh, Oklahoma. Yep. Went down there, so I rode with Matt, filmed some stuff, started working on that broke off video. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I worked on that and. And that was your second video part? Yeah. I didn't have much. I, I think I had like two weeks to film for it. And it was kind of... Well, I'm trying to remember what your bang... Was the banger the wall right over the rail into that great thing? No, no, no. That was a, um, a Hoffman um, uh, props road trip. Oh, okay. That's that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That road trip was pretty crazy. It was. So, yeah. To me, yeah. So, yeah, you got on Hoffman. You got, yeah, on, I got on Hoffman. Um... I rode with it for them for three years, and when I rode, when I when I started off, that's when I got my first like, opportunity to like really travel outside the U.S. That's what I was about to say. I was like, this mm-hmm. is when you got on Hoffman, it, it really kind of seemed like that the traveling bug kind of got you right then. Yeah. What so you know, and I know like that's like you know you're kind of. Do you feel like you're almost known more for travel now than riding in a weird way? No, because a small group of people pay attention to that. Yeah. They know that I ride around over people who are more focused on um, not riding. Yeah. I can I can also tell tell that through uh, social media yeah. as well. Where were you, what, what was it that, you know, because, I mean, that's what I've always loved about BMX is it's, you know, it's taking me somewhere. You know, it's it's because I grew up in a tiny, tiny just small cowboy town and if I didn't ever ride BMX I'm sure I'd just be working there you know waiting for elk hunting season yeah. <laughs> you know which there's nothing wrong with that no but it's funny bo- I'm trying to picture you waiting for an elk hunt well elk you know that's what everybody does and you know there's nothing wrong with that but the bike brought me out of that bubble like that the rest of my family would have been in you yeah. know like my cousin and stuff you know I'd probably be working for our family business you know just getting out on the boat in the summer you know a couple times and calling it good but the bike showed me that there was just way more out there and way more different types of people 
and things I need to pay attention to. I mean, what was kind of the, what was the trip or the thing that kind of gave you that thing that you were like, I want to go see more of the world, you know? Mark Owen sent me an email and I asked if I wanted to go to Singapore. And that was around a time when I had zero geographical indication of anything. Yeah. I, I knew maybe I could, I could have, back then I could have named maybe seven or eight countries for you. Yeah. Like 10 or something. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, where is Singapore? I said, oh, it's in Southeast Asia. So I got on Google. I was like, Singapore. Like, that's far away. Oh, that's far away. That's in, that's really far away. Yeah. Like, yeah. You need to go to the, go get yourself a passport. And go to, I didn't need it. I didn't need visa. You need to go to get a passport. Yeah. So I did that. Got a passport. Two weeks later, I was on a plane to Singapore. Yeah. I ran into. That was two thousand seven. What was yeah. that? A props trip? No. Well, I think oh they filmed. I think they turned turned it into well, something. I'm trying to remember what that was for. Mega um no 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 uh, Metro Jam, oh. the one they had in Singapore. I forgot. Jay Miron yeah. put it on. Yeah. So. Yeah, we all, we went, I went out there, and on my layover, I met, I ran into Rob Wise. Oh, nice. We had, we knew, we knew of each other. Yeah. Because Rob Wise was kind of coming up the same time you were yeah, coming up. Yeah, he, he had just put out that crazy part, um, that Navaz, the video Navaz made called uh, Left Right. Oh, yeah, his part was, yeah, that video hit hard, too. So, that came out, so I was like, yeah, you're Rob, you're Brett, and we immediately clicked. Yeah. From right there, because people told me that uh, Rob's very, like, reserved, kind of standoffish. Yeah. Really. We were we just kind of hit it off, and well, from there we hung, we hung out like most of the time in Singapore. And I'd never seen anyone ride street like him because mid like he didn't do any like big airs in his run, but he did his crazy street moves. Yeah, like, he he dropped in, and his first trick was on a bank to sub was over ice to uh, over bar fakie mid run. Yeah, and like. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's like, always got something crazy. My mind was blown. I was like, you did that in the middle of a, in your middle, in the middle of a run, you know? Yeah. He. So you went over there. How that, how long did you stay over in Singapore for? Just like oh, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. That part. Um, that whole thing. Yeah, just kind of. So with me and you know put the travel bug in me and. Right there, I. Kind of realized, you know. What how much more there was out there? Did know? you did you go back home and just like start working to save up for a trip or what kind of? I worked just a little more. Yeah, and then I quit. I got my tax refund. Yeah, and I, you know what? I don't think this is done for me. I mean, I think I'm, um, I think I'm done with, you know, working for this company. I want I want to ride. I want this ride because I, I wasn't I wasn't a paid rider. Yeah, just yet. I mean, some people don't understand. Just get be a paid rider is pretty hard. Yeah. Like and even back then, two thousand seven, yeah. I I felt like two thousand seven because because uh, Chad sent my name around to a few different companies and people were still reluctant to to uh, putting me on. They're like, well, we don't know this guy, you know. He just yeah, oh yeah, you know. He, he looked. I don't know what. Well, I don't know what we can do for him. Like if, if he if he's a if he's marketable or whatnot. Yeah. And I think he said he asked he asked we the people he asked some shoe companies yes. Quite a few of them and nothing. But then Hoffman. Hoffman said yes. Open the window up. Yeah. You know, let me in. And I went from there. Where, so I mean, you've traveled, I mean, I know we've talked about it a little, but I mean, you've traveled to a lot of countries. How many countries have you been to now so far? 98. And there's 
196. Okay, yo, I was about to be mad. I was about to say like 173, but uh, now is your goal to hit all of them if you can? I mean, I know some of them you can't go to, you know. I mean, I get, if the opportunity comes, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really like to see if the opportunity comes. Like, I mean, I know it's kind of weird. You, when kinda, you, put, you, like you, a, you have to create opportunities for yourself, yeah, you know? and networking and meeting the right people. You know, sometimes it can just be you know drawing luck. Yeah, but um, yeah, sure, I would, but I think. 140 is probably ideal. I don't know why I say 140. Yeah. 140 is like the number of places that I can think of that interests me the most. Yeah. And some other ones. They're, like, they're, they're tiny countries and I'm sure they're interesting. But You might have the same type of culture that at that place that you would in a neighboring country that's like... Not even so much. It's just far away. And there's yeah. just really not much to do there. It's like, unless you're in that part of the world, just really... I, w- I wouldn't just spend my money to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'd be silly not to ask you. So, like, what are some of the favorite places you've been? Like, I mean, maybe not riding wise, but just like traveling. Like, what what are some of the places that stand out that you you've been to? Uh, let's see. Well, I mean, I go to places for all, for different reasons. Yeah. So if, if I want to go riding, then my my favorite place to ride my bike. Yeah. I think the USA is hands down the best place to ride BMX. Yeah. When everyone tries to compare, like, oh, Barcelona is the best. It has the most abundance of spots. For how small it is. For how small it is. Yeah. And they have very unique spots as well. But the U.S., the size of the U.S., there's something to ride in every city here. Yeah. You might, you get to Europe and there's something, there's things to ride in one, in their their, um, capital city. Yeah. But if you leave the city, like, you might find a few few nooks. Yeah, I mean, sometimes when you're, like, in Europe and you go out in the country, you're, you're out there. Yeah. And, I mean, those... Those countries are old. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, America's very, very new. and But, um, the place that, some of my favorites, definitely Brazil. Yeah. Brazil, uh, Argentina. Uh, I lived in Poland for a while. Okay. Poland's fun. Uh, Hungary, I, I, I go there frequently. I've probably been to Hungary like uh, 30 times. Oh, wow. Yeah, China. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole thing in China is everything just seems like everything's in fast forward over there right now. You know, their country and yes, that's especially with like Marble Kingdom. Yeah, and like, well, now all the sub, you know, the subcultures in the world are kind of being let in, you know? Yeah. You know, like how long till uh, China has like this gnarly BMX pro that comes out that just blows everybody's mind? I mean, it's got to be coming here soon. One of them there, I mean, I mean, Russia already has oh. multiple like incredible riders. So I went to Russia in two thousand one. <laughs> so that's what was what, what blows my mind. Cause I remember you you told me that you went to Russia in two thousand one, and this is like I said, I didn't leave the country until two thousand seven. Yeah, and Russia going going to I went to Russia two thousand like ten. Yeah, or, no, like eleven, twelve. But yeah, go ahead. So it wasn't even that far. But we when we went there, kids weren't even like they were riding. We were at the skate park. And they, you know, there was normal-looking skateboard kids because I think skateboarding at Distro had been there long enough. The only BMX bikes they could get in were uh, Redline Triple Xs. So the kids <laughs> that were trying to ride had Redline Triple Xs, and then a couple kids showed up at the skate park in full jerseys and like these weird '80s bikes that I didn't know what they were. 
but the kids wouldn't talk to each other. But we taught, like it was me, Walter Perringer, and John Bristol, and a few other dudes. We were teaching kids how to feeble grind. We taught a few kids how to grind downstairs because there was like, you know, Gorky Park, there was like a ton of good street stuff. And, you know, fast forward, these, I mean, the Russian riders are insane. I talked to some dude on Instagram and he was like, hey, I remember when you guys came out and rode and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I, the only dude I really remember is this kid named Sasha. And he's like, yo, that's me. But, you know, he's got his Russian name on his Instagram, you know, where I'm like, oh, shit. And he's like a grown-ass dude now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn, dude. And I was so hyped. He was still riding and definitely seemed like, I think, I'm not sure, but it seemed like he kind of had a, a integral part maybe in the scene and setting up contests and stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, that's so awesome that, like, everything's growing there. But, yeah, you look at Russia, and I don't think China's probably far behind on that, you know? No, they are. You think so? Mm-hmm. There's, there's not as many riders. There's yeah. not many riders, and I don't... Um, yeah, the scene is just it's so much different. Okay. Maybe it's changed a lot since the last time I was there. I, I got deported, but that's a really long story. Are you not allowed back there? Not for like five to seven years. Okay. So I think I have like another year or so. Okay. Um, but, I mean, the last place I went to, the last few places were kind of left a bit of a mark on me. Uh, Mongolia was incredible. Mongolia. Yeah. Went to Kyrgyzstan like, for a second time. Uh, Tajikistan. Went on this road trip, I would say. We, we didn't even, we brought our bikes with me. I was with my friend uh, Matt Samsky. Yeah. We rode, I mean, we, we rode the city, uh, rode the capital city, Dushanbe. Yeah. We rode there, which, the thing's there. We stayed with a rider and he put us up for about a week and a half. Yeah. And we went on a road trip in which I would say is arguably the most scenic road trip you could ever go on. Yeah. You can it could be you could, you could go for one week or you could go for one month. Yeah. And it, you just go all through the Palmyra Palmyra Mountains, you stay in yurts, you meet people and it was it was nothing like I'd ever experienced because I was we had our driver, he spoke English. Yeah. Not the best we did speak, but only way I could really interact with people outside of that group was if I used Russian. And I lived in Moscow. Um few years ago when I dated this uh, this Russian girl. And yeah. That's where I, I really started to learn Russian there and from living in Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. So I was just, that's how I use, that's how I communicated, especially through Central Asia was using English. Yeah. And using uh, Russian. Yeah, because that's a very common language there. Yeah. Um, where is one of the, like, what are some of the strangest places that you found that people still are riding BMX and, and, and into it, you know? Because there's some countries that you're like, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, Mongolia, Kyr Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. And are they like, they're legit riders over there. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Those places where, uh, yeah, we stay with like a, <laughs> um, a rider in uh, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan. Okay. Really, really nice family. Like some of the most hospitable people you could ever meet. And... We stayed with him. He took us out riding, rode around the city, and there was like a group of, I don't know, like 20, 30 guys came out to really. Meet. Yeah, they're, they're they're there. That's awesome, man. They're there. They're around, and they're on Instagram, whatever. The thing is, some of them they don't speak English very well, and it helped for me like, learning Russian. Yeah, you know, I can communicate with them. But a lot of the, the riders they don't understand Russian ones, Ukrainian ones, any of the ones that speak Russian as a first language. Even if they speak English, they don't understand by just changing their name and putting it in English, 
on their um, Instagram, on Instagram, on the Facebook, does miracles for them because no one can read your name if you don't speak Russian. Yeah, you see these weird little Cyrillics and like, yeah, okay, yeah. cool, who's that guy? I just, I just heard of this. Well, guy. Well, like when I looked at Sasha's thing, he had his Russian name, you know. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. I mean, I understand it comes to him. It's just you know, it's intuitive for them to speak their first yeah. language. And to, you know, to write it. Well, I always think it's cool that, like, there's that one Instagram account, uh, BMX Africa. Yeah, I met met him and um, I met all those guys in in Africa, too. Yeah, and it's cool because they'll post up the writer, you know, if he does have an Instagram and what countries he's in. You know, it definitely, you can see it fluctuates through the continent. Yeah. But it's it's really interesting just to see. His name is uh, Muximi. What what country is he from? He's from Tanzania. Okay. When I went out riding with all those guys, I believe Vic Murphy went there too. Cause yeah, one, Vic, Vic does a lot of like... One of the, one of the guys that I rode with was a BMX acrobat. And he did like crazy like front flips and stuff over his bike. Yeah. And when I met him, he was like, how do I branch out and meet more riders? I said, man, make an Instagram page or whatever and just, and just scout around. See, who's, see, who, see what riders are on your continent riding. You, you, you already know that there's riders in South Africa. Yeah. You know there's riders in Botswana. And you have riders that are here. And I told him I didn't meet any riders in Ethiopia or uh, I spoke to one in Uganda, the only rider in Uganda, and I rode a skate park there. Okay. Because there's starting to be more skate parks there, I think. There's like outreach things. Yeah, these little... Skate, I know there's a skate park in Ethiopia now and stuff. I rode that, but I don't know. They, um, they had a fundraiser there. They yeah. Like a GoFundMe account. And they, like, they campaigned for like 30 grand. Yeah. And they made it. But it was, poor, it was poorly built. Yeah. Yeah. They built it on some swamp land. I wrote it. The park oh, was so. kind of fun. I filmed a video there, and but the parks are the park was cracked within because like, of the water table being yeah. in the swamp. Yeah, yeah. The park crack was had cracks all through it within the first like two months. Damn. But I mean, they had something. Uh, yeah, it would be nice to see some more see riders in those countries. Like I saw like probably thirty skaters in Ethiopia. Yeah, but no, no riders. I mean, I mean, you know, the overhead, it's, I mean, overhead it's, on the it's, BMX it's, bike. It's harder to get a bike. There was a kid that came in with his dad to the shop uh, early this summer, and he wanted to ride BMX. I don't, I don't remember which country they lived in, in Africa. They were like Dutch, so I'm, I'm trying. You know, I don't remember which uh, Namibia. It, I mean, uh, I mean Cape Dutch. I mean, so if you Namibia, they, they were up north. So I mean, they, I think they were on the, uh, the east side. Whatever I don't, you know, because all the European countries used to have, you know, yeah. stuff down there. So they, they were. Du- they spoke Dutch and like Afrikaans. So it was South Africa. They weren't South African. They were. They were up north. But he was like, we we've been wanting to get a BMX bike, but our postal service. He's like, if we ordered one. He's like, it just. I know it won't make it there. You know, mm. it'll go through. So they bought a bike and got a bike bag, and the kid got to take a BMX bike home. So nice. They took it on the plane. Like I put. You know, I took it apart as what little I could so that I showed him how to put it back together. Yeah. And I was like, you guys can always email me. You know, I can help you. So, but yeah, it always just takes, you know, one dude on a BMX bike. And then all of a sudden you got four buddies and it can just branch off from there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 awesome seeing all the traveling pics. And, you know, you're just always curious to see where BMX sprouts up in, you know, and what countries are. That's one of the reasons why I go. Because I'm like what's out there like yeah the riders there and isn't india's scene kind of getting bigger yeah india yeah. has a scene 
Their scene's getting bigger. I saw. Or? I remember I seeing a web video that was actually mm-hmm. pretty nice with like, and they were there seemed like a lot of ditches and stuff there. Yeah, they're there. I mean, Jorah, Jorah Colombo made a made a dope video there. Um, but yeah, there's, there's all through all through Asia. There's riders in there's some riders in Armenia. There's riders in Georgia. There's riders in Senegal. There's yeah. riders in Nigeria. Um, what place than what you thought? There was there, there used to be riders in Syria too. I, but, it's just too crazy now. Well, they were there um, years and years ago. Yeah, uh, when it was a little I more stable. Yeah, I imagine they were in. I imagine they're all probably in, in Lebanon now. Yeah, somewhere. And there's riders in Lebanon, isn't there? Yep. Yeah, in Lebanon. Um, some there's also there's riders in northern Iraq. Yeah, I was gonna say I've seen pictures of Iraq, Kuwait. Um, does Saudi Arabia have riders? Not that I know of. I know that people go out and do demos. But I don't yeah. know if they have any riders. Yeah. Just they, seems, they might, I mean, there's skate parks there. There's a dude I follow. Is, is, there's a new park that popped up in. With I, big, in I, it has a big bowl, right? In Iran. Oh, it's in Iran. And and and, uh, and the capital. But now we need. We can't just go there anymore. Now. Yeah. Like we we need we need a tour guide to be like twenty four seven. So. No, not happy about that one because that's well, that's been, Iran's been on my list for a long time. Well, Iran looks, I mean, it looks amazing yeah. over there. Yeah, I think there's riders in Azerbaijan. There's there's riders. I would say there's riders in at least 125 countries. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Um, well, I mean, now you're you've been in the states for a while, so kind of what what's going on? You know, you just gonna kind of post up here for a little before your next trip and stuff. Yeah, I'm going to Hawaii. Uh, for my birthday. That'll be nice. How old are you turning? 32. All right. You're getting up there. Yeah. How's your bunny hop? Is it still holding <laughs> Actually, it is. Yeah, it's still, I'm still doing all right in the, in the bunny hop department. You know? I think I did good till I broke my ankle for the fifth time, and then it was like... Fifth time? Yeah. Five broken ankles. Yeah, it's not... Yeah, that's not... I just can't get the scoop. I mean, I can still bunny hop, but not like... You know, I, I don't have that that snap that I used to feel, you know? Yeah. And I think it's just, I can't get the pull with my ankle, but mm-hmm. yeah. So you, you can take your bike to Hawaii. Or you just kind of going for a chill trip. So I'm, I'm going to take it. Um, yeah. Then I have some, I have a filming, a big filming project coming up, but, um, yeah, that's one thing. It's like, are, are you, I mean, we know, I know you had the shook part, you know, broke off part, but it's like, do you feel like you still, you know, are you my creation? So you, I feel like I still have the fire. Do you? Do you? I mean, do you want to put out like another just crazy part? Yeah, you trying to? I do. The thing is, I've never really had. I've never had. I've never been a part of a team with some massive budget. Yeah, to give me three or four years to really like, give, like, put my heart and soul in one project. Yeah, I've never had. Cause it seems like a lot of the projects you put out seem like, you know, it's like, oh, I filmed for a month or a couple weeks or one city. That's everything. Yep. I've never, ever had, like, two or three years of film for a video part. Like, I don't feel like I've ever been able to, um, like, document my writing at its full potential. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I'm not even trying to, make, I don't want to sound insulted, but I kind of agree, too. Like, I'm a, that's one thing that's like, I want to talk to Brad about it because, you know, it's like, I'd love to see that because, I mean, you ride everything, you know, and I... It's funny because sometimes when I look at your writing, it seems like when you first came out, you know, you were kind of known for, you know, grinding up rails and some of the peg stuff. But then, I, you know, as you've gotten older, it almost seems like, I mean, you definitely still do peg stuff. Yeah. But you definitely have a very unique way to look at street riding. I don't know if it's from traveling different countries where there's not, you, not everything so rail focused, you know, like the quick manual 180s and stuff and, 
you know, which I, I, I like, like, I mean, I got four pegs on my bike, but I sure love seeing people just to take a different, different approach to street riding, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm just, uh, about you know, doing new creative things. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I know I'm not the most creative person, but I don't grind unless it's something that is like almost perfect. Yeah. And I don't. I think I don't know. Just I, I like grinding, but I like riding on. I just I like using uh, my just tires and stuff to do other things like wall rides. Stuff. It, it it's easier on me. I don't really. I don't feel like I'm breaking my bike. I don't. I'm not good. I'm not a. I'm not a great bike mechanic. So I'm not, <laughs> a lot of grinding. A lot of dudes aren't. You know. So when I'm grinding, usually results in, in me having to fix my bike one way or another. Yeah. If I do a wall ride. Or you, or some type of manual, or whatever. I'm probably not going to need to fix my bike. Yeah, but I like to to see what else is out there. You know, I see a rail, like okay, yeah, it's a rail, it's there. Yeah, but, but you're like, yo, I've done I'm a thousand rails, so you know, why not try to do something different? No, and I like I was saying, I love, I've been kind of enjoying some of that new stuff. So, you know, I just love to see something like a full piece of work put together because I think it'd be pretty awesome. So I, I would, I would love to have like work on like some type of like Etnies project or whatever. Yeah. Had three, uh, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine yeah. having three years to put out your best work. Yeah. You know? If you put something out like that, would you want transition in it or would you just try to make it street focused or would you try to show all, all your type of bike riding? Because uh, you know how there's some dudes you're like, you know, I know this dude rips everything, but you know, he's just going to film street for his part, you know? Yeah. That's a tough one. I feel like I'd want to do like half of it be half of the part be dirt and transition, yeah, and the other half just maybe go on and on yeah. Street. I mean, you, I, you you've been have you been enjoying riding the parks up here since you've been? I here? have. I'm definitely become like way more comfortable riding um, cement parks because I used to be terrified of them. Yeah, I mean, there's not that many back east. No, but you've been definitely getting it. You've been riding Burnside. We we hit he had that good Westland session that day. Burnside, Westland, uh, Holly Park, Gabriel, Newburgh, Tigard, Tigard. What's it? Um, the one in Vancouver, Washington. Yeah. Have you rode Pier yet? The big full pipe one. Tope yeah, lives up. By yeah, that I one. rode that one. Yeah, yeah. We rode, we rode that with him. Um, you like him waking up early and hitting Burnside? Sometimes it's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's a battle, man, because. The park's so good. It is. The park's... Burnside's fun, you know, and I want, definitely want to get down there and ride some of the new stuff. Yeah, I'm but excited I mean, for it, it's too. Just, it's just a battle because of the whole, you know, the stigma behind it. Yeah. But, no, I, I enjoy riding down there. Yeah. Um, um, you want to go through some of the questions some people maybe sent in on Instagram? Yeah, that's fine. All right, let me pull some of these things up. I go the goods one. Is there anything that you're thinking maybe we left out that we should have touched on or anything? No. I, think. I mean, I always tell people, you know, I'm always like, we can do another one someday, you know. Yeah. Just, it's just fun to chat about them. I mean, it's good. I mean, we're talking BMX. is not, we're not going into like, our like, like philosophy. Or I mean, something. we can. I just like no, to. No, we're good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always just tell everybody, I'm like, we just talk about whatever, you know, like, I just try to, what, you know, Talk about bikes and have fun with it, you know? Yeah. All right, let's hit some of these Instagram questions and see what we got. Okay, more comments. All right, 
Skelly all day wants to know what the wor- what's your least favorite country and what's your favorite country you visited. I know that's kind of hard to break down, but you know, is there one country that you're just not to like fully shit on it to where you know, but like you know, is is there one that you're like, eh, you weren't psyched on, or maybe you went to really excited about and it just didn't live up to it. <laughs> What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite one you visited? No, I, I don't have a favorite country. Okay. I've visited before. No, I, I, I really, I don't. So they're all so different. Yeah. You know? I have, even even the countries that I've, countries where I've traveled and I had a bad experience, it wasn't, I say, maybe sure it was a bad experience, but I still had a great time there. Yeah. I've never gone anywhere and just completely... Hated everything about this place. It feels like it would be really hard to do because yeah. everything feels so new in a new country. Is there any country you've went to that you've been kind of just like blown away? Like take, I feel like, like I've been wanting to go to Tokyo and I feel like the first time I go to Japan, like I'm just going to be like, like blown away. Yeah. Like, is there any country that you've been to that's like that? Mm. Madagascar. Yeah. Madagascar, Namibia. Yeah. Madagascar's got just so much history, you know. It's uh, that place is crazy. All right, cool. Let's see. Okay. What's the uh, uh, scumbag BMX wants to know what the best city you think you've been to for street riding? Best city for street riding. Hmm. Maybe Barcelona. Yeah. Way. I mean, it's kind of known for it, you know. I mean, if you're just there just to go, you're just riding and, you know, you're just, it's just like a little BMX vacation almost. You're yeah. Just, you're going to ride down the street and just, for a street rider, yeah. You can just ride down the street and there's there's a spot at every corner. Yeah. So Barcelona. Yeah. I wouldn't say I had the most fun there, but I think it's probably the best in terms of you want to we're getting the most for most bang for your buck yeah there you go all right uh genja ninja wants to know uh when you're going to go back and but and he's basically asking we can just break it down like this what was going through your head kind of when you bunny hopped over the uh, subrail to chandler arizona park i think that was on road fools <laughs> uh what was that that's like a what four foot three foot subrail into like a seven foot quarter yeah yeah uh, I mean, uh, again, I wanted to do I wanted to do something different. Yeah, and I wasn't in a mood to ride park. And I, I don't think it was had any. I don't think it had anything to do with me not wanting to ride park because you know transition wasn't you know anything ordinary for me. Yeah, but it was 104 degrees. Yeah. Or something, I was about to say it's probably so hot. So I just wanted to get my trick and be done with it. Yeah, be done with that session because. There's only a handful of guys that were willing to ride that day. So it was just me, you know, essentially putting on an act so I could, you know. Just feel like you produce something. Yeah, and go on to the next thing. <laughs> that was a sick clip, man. I remember that one sticking out. Yes. Uh, Moose in Lowell wants to know, uh, what's the gnarliest situation you found yourself in traveling the world? Or the gnarliest one you want to let us know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got 
Yeah, I was in Kenya with, with my girl and like over a year ago. Yeah. And the guy tried to rob us and I got stabbed. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. I, probably, I think I told you about it. I'm writing a story about it right now. Right now I'm, I'm compiling all these stories for, for a book I want to publish. Oh, dope. Yeah. When do you do you have a timeline on it, or are you just kind of getting into it? I'm pretty deep into it now. Nice. Ho- hopefully, sometime next year. Oh, definitely. Hopefully, yeah. like early next year, we'll see. Damn, I'd be really into that. But where'd you get stabbed at? If you don't lower mind? back. Yeah, that sounds like it sucks. You get sti- stitched up and everything. It was like a it was a it, it was like an ice pick, so it was like a, uh, like a just a puncture wound. Yeah, it wasn't deep. He, the doctor told me it was not really rough stitching up because he put you know, just two or three stitches in it. Yeah, um, and he didn't puncture any organs or anything. So, damn, you know, that was good. What country? You said, says Kenya. Yeah, Mombasa, Kenya. <laughs> were you guys just chilling, and some dude just came up and like, mm-hmm. and you're you were like, we're not giving you anything, and he just went at you. Nah, we were in um just in this in uh, the old Portuguese town, Mombasa, yeah. and where they're talking, and a guy just kind of ran up, and he's like, hey, hey, Rasta, hey, Rasta, he kept saying my name, and like, not my name, but kept. Because he addressed me as a Rasta because of my dreadlocks. Yeah. And he was like, I like your tattoos. Where are you from? And while we were talking, some random crackhead just ran up and tried to snatch her purse. So that dude's trying to get your attention. Yeah. Tried yeah. to snatch her purse and just it escalated into probably one of the scariest situations I've been in in my life. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, bank Towall? Wants to know, uh, what place right now to you feels like home? Right now, what place feels like home? I don't know, but ask me that question in like six months and uh, I think I might have an answer for you. All right, all right. Uh, O'Malley323 says, if you could have any old BMX bike of yours, which, which one do you wish you still had around? I wish I had um, one of my old Hoffman B-Rad frames. You don't have one? No. Damn, if anybody out there has got a Hoffman B-Rad frame, DM DM him or me and we can try to get it to him. Yeah, that means if you got a signature frame, it would be good to have yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, so if anybody's got one, hit us up. All right. Um, Pirate Kurt wants to know, how did you get hooked up with the White House guys? I think Montana Ricky. Okay. Um, was good close friends with Ben, and you know Ben hit me up. He sent me a message, and he told me he he was already thinking about me. Yeah. Some, some like some companies have a tendency to like shy away from me now because I'm I'm older, and people look at my lifestyle and like okay, well this guy has been living like a nomadic lifestyle for 10 plus years. Yeah. He probably wants some huge travel budget. Yeah, yeah. And I told Ben that's, you know, that's not the thing. And, you know, we, I was in Budapest at the time. We had a you know, long talk. He told me, you know, some things he, he would like to do and everything. And that's how that came apart. Yeah. And it came about. How long have you been riding for them for? For a year now. Nice, nice. All right. Let's see. Some of these are like the same questions over and over, you know? Yeah. Uh, Patty Gross wants to know, what is something you've learned from all your travels that kind of sum up living on this earth? You know, like what, what, 
what's like an insight you can get from all the all the traveling you've done? To just never never lose your childlike curiosity. Like people yeah. people tend to like, they get older and they become they close off. Yeah, they get stagnant. They grow stagnant and it's quit learning. Like never stop learning. I no, I agree with you. I I mean I I you know, that's one thing I try to talk to myself about, you know, it's like as you get older it's like you know, people start restricting themselves to like they a ten block complacent. radius and they get scared of anything that's new and when they get scared they become mean about it and it's like keep your eyes open. Look at what's going on, enjoy what's going on. Something might be different, but when you were younger something that was different, you were drawn to it and curious about it, and that's not always a bad thing, you know? No, not at all. So um let's see. We went over that one. Somebody wants to know if you could talk about the origins of uh, my creation. That's, I mean, we can cut this part out, you know. The what of my creation? He just wants to know if you can talk about the origins. Origins. Oh, oh the origins. Um, <clears throat> uh, Dave Jacobs. Yeah. It. You know, he... Uh, I rem let me see. I remember Tony Nyer being one of the first guys on there. Yeah, you know, and it kind of it, it happened from went from there. Yeah, Dave, Dave invited me out to. You know, he took he, he took us on a big team trip. Yeah, all through Canada. I remember that trip. Yeah. Was it up towards Toronto and stuff? Toronto. It was all through eastern. Yeah, part of Canada. Yeah, he took us on a trip, and. It was Joe Cox, Tony Nyer, Joshua, um, Doug Horton, Jeremiah, no, no, not Jeremiah, but Barney Cooper. Oh, yeah. Larry Alvarado. I totally remember that trip, yeah. You guys rode that, like, big ledge, too? Like, yeah. Like that 20-stair ledge or something? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just that, Dave, It was just Dave Jacobs. It was just Dave Jacobs. He put together something, and, you know, Chad helped. Help him film stuff. Oh, and Eli Platt. Oh, yeah. Damn, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that happened. And we just, we filmed and we made a video. And I I, I lived out in, he moved to Long Beach and I lived with him for like, in California, like off and on for like six months. Yeah. And that's where I started filming my creation uh, video part. That's where he came about the whole like, web video part. Yeah. Yeah, because that was like right at the beginning of all that stuff, kind of yeah. like what we were talking about earlier. Well, cool. That's that's all the questions. I mean, is there anything you think we missed out on or anything? I think that covers everything. You know, thank all everybody that has ever supported me. Yeah. You know, people that continue to support me. All my my sponsors, Merit, BMX, Fifty Fifty, Trip, um, White House. Um, you know, yeah, family, friends, yeah. Thanks to you, Chad, for <laughs> you know doing interviewing me for this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dig, everyone. Yeah, the, the guys at Dig are always doing it. So, all right, cool, man. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate cool. it. I appreciate you having me.
Thanks for listening, everyone. I just want to say doing this pod has been awesome because so many of you guys out there have reached out to me to share awesome stories or photos or just talk about how rad BMX is. No matter if you're just starting out or if you're a guy who's been into it for 40 years or if you're somebody maybe here in this pod that's been like inspired to start riding again. Um, so that's awesome. I've been really psyched on that. So if you guys ever want to get a hold of me or reach out to me, the best place to get a hold of me would be at the Snakebite BMX email, which is snakebitebmx at gmail.com. Or you can always just shoot me a DM uh, on our Instagram or Twitter, which is just snakebitebmx. So until next time, guys, thanks.